The following podcast contains subject matter that may be unsuitable for more sensible viewers. Views expressed here do not reflect that of any community that you would want to be a part of. Listener discretion is mandatory. Mama, what this ch***ns me? No, 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 no! this naked grape blue wine like the wine is blue it looks like you're drinking windex i love it sure there are reds and whites to choose from but blue (laughs) now that's different at naked grape we've decided to take wine to the other end of the spectrum introducing naked grape blue oh so wine is a spectrum now to try something new get it it rhymes So here's the plan. Here's the plan for Pride is that we're going to buy a bunch of that and a bunch of like empty, like cleaned out Windex bottles. And that's what we're drinking all day. Oh, God, yes. Madeline, how's uh, how is Pride Month in Thetford Mines? Um, well, there's a lot going on. Um, they are uh, it's Labatt Blues, but they're all in different colors. Um, the Rainbow Crosswalk is actually just uh, deer smear. Um, so it's just they forgot to clean off the road. So but it just forms a natural, beautiful uh, rainbow. Well, because like parts of it get moldy and parts of it. Like, you got it exactly. So it's a m- point of uh, pride, and uh, there's still no Starbucks, so I'm not doing too well. Do you want me to like mail you some like a frappuccino? Yeah, if you could. Uh, <laughs> yeah, please do. I will pay express shipping. And welcome to this week's episode of Tranifesto. I'm one of your hosts, Madeline. As usual, today I am joined by Amy Blair. And Reed Carter. Ooh, can we do that again where we all say our name long? I'd like to say my name long one of these days. I don't know. How do you say Amy like long? Like Amy. Amy. Um, so yes, uh, thank you for joining. Um, so yeah, uh, we actually took a bit of time off, even though we l- released episodes on time. Uh, but we're coming back to the show fresh and refreshed. Um, that made I'm no so sense. I'm so fresh. So you're, you're popping fresh? Oh, I'm feeling so fresh. I spent the last two days, like, de-anting my apartment because there were ants. But there are no more ants. Ew. I'm proud of you. And I feel Did you really leave ice cream like, on the floor again? No, it was actually really clean. Because that's how you get ants. Yeah, or scented lube. I shouldn't talk about the ants because my landlord might be able to hear me and I didn't tell them there were ants. This <laughs> <laughs> part of your contract you had to sign. It's like, and you have to let me know which podcast you host. It's a trick question. In Vancouver, everybody has a podcast, so... That's just a standard question. I slipped the SoundCloud link into their mailbox. <laughs> so today. So today we are covering uh, a movie again by uh, a director we covered earlier, uh, the Jamie Babbitt. Uh, she did But I'm a Cheerleader. And we are covering the 2007, uh, I guess we'll call this feminist lesbian related comedy. That sounds generic enough. Uh, itty bitty titty committee. Which Lesbians is... can't do comedy. What are you talking about? That's true. There's been never one funny lesbian. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. I thought Nanette was good. But was it funny? Isn't George Carlin a lesbian? Honorary lesbian. Okay, cool. Oh, Louis C.K. There we go. Anyway, so... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, you're canceled. So a feminist... Yeah, thank you. Feminist lesbian related comedy film directed by Jamie Babbitt. Uh, released in actually, yeah, September 28th, 2007. Um, it's basically kind of like a, if a, if a, a, a rad femme, but like cool rad femme, 
uh, zine made a movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's a pretty apt description of it. So uh, which one of y'all wants to go with the synopsis? So our movie centers on Anna, who is this young, just out of high school, taking a gap year lesbian. Well, it's unclear if she's a lesbian. Her mom calls her a lesbian. She doesn't directly identify that way in the movie. Whatever, we'll get to that. Yeah, she's, yeah. So she's like working at a plastic surgery office as like the receptionist and just sort of getting by and being bored. She just got out of a relationship um, with like her first girlfriend, which didn't go well. And she broke up with her. It's a very realistic depiction of a lesbian breakup. Yeah. Yeah. It's asking for each other's CDs back. Oh yeah. It was like, it's like six weeks and she was like getting a phone call from her ex being like, Hey, just like, I, I just want you to like, I just want to get my CDs back. You can like leave them at the front door. I don't have to interact with you. Just please can I have my CD. Um, which we've all been there. Yeah, except and it also ended with, oh, and stay away from like the two girls' names. They're my friends. They're not your friends anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like um, custody battles over your buddies. Your friends. Um, <laughs> so Anna's working at this plastic surgery office. She's bored. And then this sort of anarcho-queer feminist... Um, Sadie graffitis her office um, with some like radical feminist slogan about women's as lesbians bodies. do as yeah. as you know as you do as you do um, pretty typical behavior I'm not being ironic there it is <laughs> and, and Anna like tries to snitch but then there's no signal so she can't call the cops because um, Anna's a fucking cop but she gets over it <clears throat> and then Sadie like flirts with her and invites her to come to her radical feminist terrorist cell organization called clit so not, so far no, so, it's not clit it's the oh. cia clit's like, in cl- action clit's in action yeah so they're CIA. so far a very typical lesbian mating ritual yeah exactly extremely typical so anna goes to cia meeting it's it's called cia it's like a funny little yeah clit's in action yeah no but like it's cia like this um at one point sadie's <laughs> like or someone's like um we're st- CIA or we're clits in action, but you can call it you can call us the CIA if it makes you more comfortable. You know what this re- you know what it reminded me of is like um, have both of you watched uh, Jan Silent Bob Strike Back? Yeah, no. Remember there's the the, the there's the part where um, after they like what was it they free the chimp and then like they try to frame Jay by like uh, what was it by like pre- pretending that there's an organization called Clit that is things that is like a terrorist group and then they get oh, yeah. on things saying i am the clit commander <laughs> and it's just it's just him being yeah so that's what that reminded me of well this Perfect. um the cia um reminds me of like the flfq in 1970s quebec the front deliberation defense de quebec <laughs> you're, wel- you're welcome for my french um no I'll, it, see i think i have to cut that for my own safety because <laughs> you are like radical <laughs> feminist communist nationalists in 1970s Quebec who did fun stunts in like the legislature and got in lots of trouble and it was very they they basically did the same sort of stunts as the CIA. Yeah, including blowing up the Washington Monument, but we'll get to that. Right, so they like do fun little pranks and political stunts like switching the genders on public washrooms or erecting a statue to Angela Davis in the town square or, or like in front of city hall or writing in, in front of statues that this man was a rapist and a slave owner or switching out the mannequins in shop windows with like people of all body types or yeah. doing graffiti, lots of graffiti, giving pamphlets, making zines, 
going to lesbians rock are good shows. with their fingers. Just let them do what they do. That Honestly, good, like praxis. we've all we've all been there. But but adjacent to like these political activities, the CIA is also like a scene. It's like a kind of a social group where all these like lesbians hang out and party. Yeah, I think you're both too young to remember this, but like in the 90s, that was pretty much the go-to. That that's how it looked. Yeah. The children didn't know that. You know, and there's also a, a trans guy Pokemon. in the group named Aggie. Who we'll also yeah. talk about later. Aggie fucking rules. They, they, there's this line that like Aggie is allowed in the group because he's an honorary member because he was born with a clit or something. We'll get Which to that. Which we'll get to that, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. But because of this sort of social aspect of the group, Anna starts sort of having a relationship with Sadie, the girl who introduced her to the CIA. But they, Sadie won't commit to her because Sadie is busy dating this like much older liberal feminist rich lady who pays her rents and has these like stuffy meetings and it's a sugar mama sugar mama very strange relationship we'll talk about that too eventually the cia goes to like this rally where they protest against religious fundamentalists who are protesting gay marriage but they are also protesting against the liberal gays who are promoting gay marriage because marriage is an evil patriarchal institution that must be abolished and while they're yeah. at this protest being the radicals, they get in a fist fight with the fundamentalists. And this begins a rift in the organization over their mm-hmm. tactics and politics in which they discover that actually the only people who go to their website are them and they are basically politically irrelevant. And there's like rifts over whether the group is actually having political effects or like whether people are too focused on the social aspect of the scene. And then everybody, everybody in the group basically at one point was sort of dating Sadie. And that was, that's basically how she was recruiting people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, And then they wind up at Sadie's place, but they aren't allowed to meet because Sadie's older girlfriend, Courtney is having a stuffy meeting. And so the group just splinters and implodes. It was basically just a scene from Ally McBeal playing in the background. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then Anna, all heartbroken that Sadie won't pick her over Courtney and still wanting to like keep the CIA going, stages like a final epic political stunt where they like hijack the cable news network where Courtney is speaking about liberal feminism <laughs> and the Washington Monument and hijack the network and display like the Washington Monument except the head of the Washington Monument is a dick because it's like a phallic object that must be destroyed and then they blow up the Washington Monument in the video yeah they blow up the yeah they blow up the um the so apparently because I was looking at this up because I was even confused by this point so just so we're clear here that apparently was an installation that was installed by them so it's like a someone put like a penis topper on top of it, and then they blew up the penis topper. No, that was like video editing. Well, no, I think what it, I think what it was, it was just that the movie itself was low budget, so that's oh, why okay. it looked fake. But yeah, yeah, I couldn't tell which one it was. Oh, okay, no, it looked very fake. Yeah, well, because there was a yeah. scene earlier, like they have a montage when they're setting up this entire prank, where mm-hmm. one of them is actually making like a really cartoony looking oh, TNT thing. Right? So, yeah, because that that yeah. one person like said that she made explosives yeah military girl so they this this prank succeeds and they all celebrate and sadie dumps courtney because courtney's pissed off about the whole thing it's like what the fuck are you kids up to and then sadie goes to anna and is like hey you're hot and you did the thing really good by the way i'm single now and anna's like no you know i'm not interested you're actually like a flaky, flaky bitch but like we can still hook up though and then they hook up and that's it Oh, shit, I forgot the the bit about Aggie. After the group splinters, Anna has, like, 
a night where she gets completely shit-faced with Aggie, the trans guy, and they, like, go to a punk show and get hammered and then trash the CIA office and then fuck. And then in the morning, Aggie's really cute and makes Anna, like, breakfast in bed and gives her a flower. But then Sadie shows up and is super pissed that Anna cheated on her with Aggie, which is absurd. Even though Sadie was cheating on, yeah. Yeah, um, but then they sort of... It's, like, hypocritical. Yeah, but in that scene, Anna is also very mean to Aggie. It's, like, screaming that it was, like, a mistake and it didn't mean anything and such. Aggie was my favorite character in this. I I loved Aggie. He was so so sweet. He's a good boy. And he was, like, but he also... Yeah, he was a good boy. Best boy. So I think that's a summary. I, that's, I'm sorry that's so messy. I'm a bit drunk and I didn't prepare. So, yeah. We're so good at this. Oh my God. This is a messy one already. <laughs> uh, it's okay. So, no, I think that was a pretty good, uh, <clears throat> I think that was a pretty good summary of. I disagree. Pretty, But, okay, well, no, it's, you know what? I believe in you. As as the person who matters, I believe in you. The only person on this show who matters. Exactly. Not in I, I, exactly. Just in general. If it's not about me, it should be. But, but going on, just diving away from me for just a second into the movie, uh, going over kind of... Uh, we'll get to queer representation, but uh, this is a rare opportunity for us where we actually get to speak about something else that we're interested yeah. in and have Relevance. some thoughts on. Very relevant yeah. to queer experience. Frankly. Exactly. And so that's going to be also the uh, feminist angle of this movie. Yeah. Because like it the is, activism. Yeah. And so that's what we kind of want to I kind of want to get into in like the first place, which is uh, activism as a as politics versus like a scene. So like the idea of just like doing the actual politics versus like making sure people know that you look like you're doing it or you're playing the part. Yeah. It's like an aesthetic, but also like as this like social group. Right, where you're doing politics and doing like this really radical, anarchist, exciting, subversive activism with a bunch mm-hmm. of like queers who you're also like sleeping with, you know, and like doing a lot of like drinking a lot and smoking a lot and going to cool shows and like dressing cool and making your hair cool and like having fun, right? Yeah. And it's like, it's also too, it's like one of those things that shows up when, with uh, like our, our main character, Anna, uh, and her search for her identity. Like mm-hmm. in this movie, like uh, in the beginning, she just like, she works at a plastic surgery clinic. She's very like soft spoken, very timid. Um, and yeah, then she's again, like she butch, gets, but she doesn't really identify that way because she doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Isn't in any of these circles. Yeah. And so as she kind of gets involved in the CIA. Um, which is just weird to say, but as she gets involved in the CIA, uh, she slowly becomes more in also involved in feminist politics and ideologies mm-hmm. to the point that she all of a sudden, like, it's the, like, feminism has nothing to do with spray painting on your walls or dyeing your hair pink, but it's because she gets wound up in it. That's just something that she ends up doing. And I think there's a, there's a, there's a, there's something to be said for it. the interesting part of like expressing genuine politics through your appearance, obviously, like, you know, some people like to shave the sides yeah, of their heads. Yeah, it's like lifestyle anarchism. Exactly. And you could do it because you like it. But there's also too, there's a, there's a sense of like, yeah, there's this one part with Sadie, uh, or just Sadie in general, actually, as a character where she like she seems like the woke cool one in the very beginning mm-hmm. where she seems like she's the one who's in control of the situation yeah, she knows and, like, all, knows the shit all that's these going politics on. and she's gonna teach anna all the cool radical politics and she has right. all these cool ideas that anna's never heard of but really like she's 
not that person. Yeah, she's no, she's not at all. And I mean, like she's she was enabled by her older lesbian lover, which again we'll touch on. Her she's enabled by an older lesbian lover to live that kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And but like at the end of the day, like you know. Because Sadie seems like she's, like, a girl who's just, like, I know what I have to do. I'm going to do it. Like, she's inspiring. Uh, But at the end of the day, like, she has absolutely zero backbone. Like, just absolutely none. Well, yeah. But she's also, like, doing this scene. Like, the CIA, for her, it's, like, a cool opportunity to, like, meet women who she can have flings with and, like, go and do cool, radical stuff and go to parties Even though she's in charge of it, it's still, like, she's the head of it and it's also, like, completely performative for her yeah exactly like there's that other girl with the bangs whose name i forgot i don't know if either of you no i should probably pull up a cast list i have the wikipedia article for heinrich himmler open (laughs) 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 well because i've been watching the man in the high castle so like shuli who's this like cool feminist like radical feminist with like bangs and like glasses who i don't know if you know the type i know the type who's, like, really actually really into the politics, like, really engaged with, like, radical feminism and, like, reads all this stuff. And, yeah. Well, yeah, she has, she's read the Scum Manifesto seven times. She has an annotated copy and has, like... And, and she, she has like, a tattooed on her arm. She knows all the dates of all of the important legislation and stuff. She's very well-read and actually politically engaged. And for her, the CIA isn't this social group. It's a political group. Like, she's straight. She's sleeping, well, mostly straight, um, and she's, like, mostly sleeping with, like, men who have nothing to do with the organization. She comes to the CIA for, like, politics. And she gets really frustrated with, like, the social scene aspect of it. Like, she says, like, this isn't a dating service, you know? This is about, like, real shit to Anna when she's, like, all wimpy over Sadie. Mm-hmm. And that conflict is, like, a sort of essential feature of why the group implodes. Yeah, because, I mean, like, you have all of them there for different reasons, and this mm-hmm. kind of comes back to the conversation about the, the the main point of this, which is the aesthetic versus the actual, uh, the meat and potatoes of it. Because, you know, you, you had... Um, you had one girl who was there because it just made her look cool and, you know, she wasn't, you know, she really wasn't, even though she was the leader. You had, you know... Uh, We're so good had, at this. Sorry. <laughs> uh, is it Marcy? You that had Shuli. I'm stoned. Um, you have Shuli, who also, like you said, is very much into the politics, but then you also had some of the other girls there. Like, one of them was an artist and she just wanted to do art installation programs. Uh, you had Aggie. Yeah, who art and, like, political art. Yeah, and then you had Aggie, who was just, like, fucking awesome and just chill, which also, yeah. shout out to trans dudes for being the chillest motherfuckers on the planet. But Aggie is the, the only likable character. Yeah, that, thank you. Yeah, Aggie. The only, the, the thing that sucks about Aggie is it was played by a cis woman, um, but... Okay, yeah, that blows... That does blow, but, unfortunately. Well, especially because... Okay, so, like, we've talked about a lot of m- movies where cis people play trans characters. But it, mm-hmm. it stings especially here, because this is a movie that's, like, sort of really in the sort of queer activism space. You know, it's not yeah. like a Hollywood movie. It's like a low-budget, radical feminist movie for, like, people who are already sort of interested in this stuff. And, like, you, you could have done it. Yeah, it was... Well, that's something I'm wondering is because there is this... Like, we're criticizing it from that point, but I'm not really sure what the actual intention of the text of the film is. If it is... What do you mean? If it's saying, oh, yeah, this stuff is frivolous, uh, but, like, da-da-da-da, or if it's, like... If, yeah. it, if it is, like, actually putting sort of the frivolous, um, you know, aesthetics of it 
on the same level as the action or even ahead of it and like not really criticizing it the way we are yeah yeah um because because like with the with the like i was confused at the end where it was just like they they you know they put a penis on the top of the washington monument and then blew the penis up but it's like okay that's cool but like it's like this triumphant moment yeah which is like and it comes back to like in uh, uh an idea that's represented inside the film where there's the um the older lesbian uh who's in a relationship with Courtney. sadie um, yeah, Courtney, who's in a relationship with Sadie. And Courtney basically has this line. Um, what was the line again? Um, you said it wonderfully earlier, Amy. You remembered it. Wait, which one? The one about the um, uh, uh, the practical application. Oh. Versus theory. Yeah, so Courtney says, um, because Sadie like suggests that Anna go to like study women's studies in university. Because yeah. she's in a gap year. And Courtney, the older liberal feminist girlfriend of Sadie, is like, oh, be careful with that, Anna. I saw Sadie go to women's studies, and I think that she learned more about postmodern feminist theory than about, like, actually affecting change. Yeah, and that, and thank you. And that's, like, and that's the point, which is just, like, I, like, as much as I like, like, the rad femme stuff, and by the way, when we say rad femme in this podcast, we are talking about the cool rad femmes, not the, No, you know, not TERFs. We're talking about, not like, turfs. you know, the... Like, radical feminists who are queer-inclusive and, like, trans-inclusive, which is, is what exactly. this movie is about. It's not about TERFs. It's about, like... The, the interesting thing I find in terms of... Uh, or One of the facts where this, the film kind of explores the idea of, like, the aesthetic versus the, the application or, or the actual use of feminism yeah. to move things forward is represented through the, 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 their dynamic. And the reason being is because, like... There is like I like that red film scene, like punk zines, stuff like that. That that stuff is awesome to me personally. I love it. I just finished uh, about a month ago reading a book, uh, Girls to the Front, which was mm-hmm. a look at like Bikini Kill and that kind of scene. Yeah, but it's it's one of those things where it's just like okay, it is cool to do these activist art. I like to do activist art personally. I actually kind of aligned with the uh, the art girl in this movie, mm-hmm. but at the same time too, there's like there is. Just because, like, there's this moment that I kind of agree with, and you guys might not, which is the idea of just, like, in order for a message to receive the mass audience, it has to be neutered a bit um, and softballed, which I don't Palatable. like. Exactly. And, I, and I, I personally think it's stupid. I think, like, everyone should just be able to take it. But in that regard, it's, like, it's the idea of taking the radical feminist ideas, which is just, like... You know, men shouldn't have, obviously, control of the bodies, the oppression, that kind of stuff, and then going into, like, hey, we need to talk about women's reproductive rights, which is a more palatable message. Yeah, well, and, like, the aesthetic that their activism centers around is consciously confrontational. Like, their their idea is to be, like, radical and aggressive and confrontational and in opposition to basically everybody who isn't in the scene. And this is, yeah. like, something you see a lot. Like, if you're not us, you are against us. Versus if you're not with us, if you're against us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we, the CIA, are the people who are right and everyone else is wrong. And the only way for us to convince them that we're right is to, like, just be as aggressive and confrontational as possible. Yeah, which, I mean, it has its place in, like, social discourse, but as, like, the main spearhead of a, of a movement, I don't know, I think it got lost in the in the execution of the film, but there was this, I think it was trying yeah. to say that there's a balance between the two, and... 
Yeah. I yeah. I don't think the, the the I don't think as much as I love Julie Babbitt, I don't think she pulled it off with this one. Especially like I mean, even us who are like receptive to you know that type of uh, radical messaging, like I can't imagine like not cringing at you know i'd be like if somebody like actually pulled off like the washington monument penis thing like i thought it would like it would be like entertaining that somebody did it but i can't imagine like yeah like i can't imagine like being thought provoked i think one of the things that the movie touched on was the 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 generational switch between almost like second and third wave feminism in terms of its view of like sex and sexuality because like one of the things in there was the whole idea of just like you know women's bodies being sexualized which is obviously a problem but at the same time too it removes the element of just like well some women want to wear those clothes because it makes them feel good like the idea of like you know it's like oh you don't need to go get the because the um because there's a scene in the, uh, the the plastic surgery clinic where she's like, oh, you don't need to get your breasts. You're beautiful just the way you are. The only thing you need breasts because of the way you've been programmed to receive yeah. that. And I was I was waiting for her to get challenged on it. And the, the like film never challenged yeah. her on this exactly. like, specific viewpoint. Yeah, which or just like, yeah, because I thought in that moment, genuinely, because that character who came in was pretty much nameless, um, but she was in the, but I'm a cheerleader. Anyways, the, the, the extra that came in and basically was supposed to be there for the, the, the surgery, that would have been a great time to be like, but I want to do this for me. And then just had a discussion about that. And so that's where it's like the, there's, you can see the reminiscence of second wave feminism in there, still trying to make up its mind about how it feels about sexuality. Yeah, sort of vaguely in that topic. I think that, like, I am very sympathetic to the politics of the CIA. Um, I think that they're a little bit heavy-handed with, with their politics, but like I'm very sympathetic to their like political messaging. But what I'm what I what I see in that kind of like organization, and I see this in real life too, is when it becomes so aesthetically focused and when it becomes such a scene and like mm-hmm. so performative, especially when it's like it's these are teenagers, you know, like they're, yeah. they're figuring this shit out and having this political scene it's like the first time they're getting involved in politics and they're very confrontational. And yes, they're right, mostly, except for certain things. But like, they are like totally convinced that they are the only people who have a point. And and going through this phase is like very, it's it's not productive. Yeah. It, like we all, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. And it's been, it's also very interesting too, because it also shows like that's where the starting, the starting mm-hmm. point is. So we're coming back to that, po- what we were originally discussing about the, you know, the aesthetic of political activism versus the actual passion or the soul behind it. Mm-hmm. Like, the aesthetic can be what lures people into it, kind of like a gateway. Mm-hmm. So it does have its place in the spectrum of things. Like to be seen as something is as important to have those beliefs. There's just a, there is a, as you go through it, I guess, an understanding uh, and as you become more wise to it, that there's like, it's like the difference, like saying like, like, for example, like I'm angry as a person. Like I see like a lot of uh, inequalities in the world and that makes me angry. I don't wake up screaming. Uh, I wake up screaming because mm-hmm. of other reasons, but mm-hmm. I, it's, uh, it's, it's spoiler alert. I have nightmares about uh, spiders and go-karts, um, but the, <laughs> like, it's, imp- it's okay to have that. <laughs> it was years ago. She's <laughs> dead. It is not your fault. I killed the spider. You have to let go. I was the one who killed Charlotte's web. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> Anyways. The, Anyways, but yeah, like having the aesthetic of it is important, but it also learns the difference between like representing what your beliefs are and putting those in action rather than just like, hey, I have pink hair, I have pink dye in my hair. That makes me super cool. Yeah, I have pink dye in my hair, and I think it makes me basic. <laughs> well, because I'm trying to. I'm, <laughs> 
because I'm trying to, I'm co- like, because, like, personally, I'm comparing it to, like, you know, like, I definitely had my, like, cat, Antifa cat girl, like, oh, yeah. phase. The fucking, yeah, like, the combat boots, like, ripped well, up Well, they jeans, give you those like, at the clinic, so it's not really our fault. Big, like, big, like, trans flag pin, like, prominently, <laughs> like, somewhere. And like and an unsteamed and an unsteamed flag. A patch that says like yeah. kill the system, but it's C I S T E M mandatory transition. Yeah, or it's a baseball bat that says bash the fashion trans colors. Like the two really aren't But yeah. So but I I that it was that definitely like helps me relate to other people in the same situation as me. But I now I feel like I am more mature and I'm past that phase, but I also feel like my politics are much more developed obviously mm-hmm. than they were at the time. Yeah. So definitely like the more I presented as part of what the typical trans activist person was is very unrelated to my developed yeah, your actual understanding politics. of like, the politics. My of. politics. Yeah. Like I sort of had a phase like that too quite briefly, but my politics are not like l- more liberal now than they were then Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways i think um my critique has expanded a lot of like liberal politics but like Mm -hmm. i'm i'm not so aggressively posturing my radicalism and my socialism and my activism i'm doing it yeah I, i have a much more sort of grounded view of my theory and my like political worldview and i'm not viewing it so aesthetically yeah also, mm-hmm. there's a dog that apparently wants to have a word right now. Good boy. Oh, or yeah, girl. sorry. That's... No, no, that's okay. Those that lie yeah, no, I'm leaving that in. I want that dog's hot takes <laughs> on this. No, I, like, I, agree with, like, I agree with you. I mean, for me, like, my politics used to be more central. Yes, I was a dirty centrist. Boo, hiss. But canceled. like for me, when I know, absolutely canceled. I just got canceled by most of Twitter. Unforgettable. <laughs> I'm just saying Joe Rogan has some really good points. <laughs> But I do think that I do think that we should do have mandatory DMT <laughs> and abolish um, fucking oh, what's the one where like you have to hire minorities uh, affirmative action uh, affirmative, affirmative yeah. action yeah abolish affirmative action mandatory DMT yeah I mean that's a, we that's, that's a weird centrist take but you know. but like I used to be more centrist and it was through like the music of like Julie Ruins or Bikini Kill that like because of that aesthetic i became more interested in the scene and diving into it more and it was through that aesthetic that i eventually became well i was about to say radicalized but um i well my my i've gone very very left because it's just like it's where now i view my moral mm-hmm. compass going mm-hmm. um but it was through what it what my my constant uh, pestering you to identify as a, th- as a I, feminist i i will never forget the first time i told you i did not identify as a feminist and oh, the God. look on your face was just mortified absolutely <laughs> mortified and it's just well as long as as long as you admit that you were wrong and no, I was right. No, I, I, I like know. to think that over the years your <laughs> politics have come closer to mine. Anyways, the point is I am a dirty fucking feminist now. Whatever, this is the fucking title. I'm an identity minimalist, which is ironic saying that, but it's it's still like the aesthetic has a place, and I think that's the part I wanted to highlight most off is just like aesthetic does have a place inside a cultural movement or a scene like this so the scene is important mm-hmm. as a gateway into something else well and it's also like a good stepping stone socially when you're like socially isolated as like a 
you know, a queer teenager and you don't know what the fuck is up and you're like, you don't know how to view your identity in relation to society and you don't have any friends who are like you. This kind of scene does offer an opportunity to like figure that shit out and like have fun and be a messy teenager. And I think that's important. Like I, I, I trust you less if you didn't go through this phase. Yeah. Like we all had to go through it in some capacity or another. Yeah. All great points. (laughs) All great points to, uh, to in terms of like where each of those land on the spectrum but moving along for just a second kind of moving on to the next point i would like to tackle uh the idea of the relationships in the film because i think there's a lot to explore there in a lot of different ways i mean just fucking whoever wants to take that well because everyone's fucking everyone it's like every queer circle i've ever been in it's messy you know there's a lot of tension there's a lot of spite (laughs) everybody has dated everybody at some point and you will too yeah, and then you like you, you join the circle and you start dating someone and everyone has a take. This is a romantic erasure. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so, um, I, one, one of the... Just, you know, just, you know, making, making sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, one of the central relationships in this movie is Sadie and Courtney. Um, so, so, yeah, I agree. So, Courtney... <laughs> Courtney is this, I don't know, like, she's in her 40s? She must be in her 40s, right? Yeah, it's something like that. She's, or like yeah, late, she, 30s, late 30s, 40s, least. much older than Sadie. Liberal feminist activist who, like, is, like, the chairwoman of, like, the largest nonprofit feminist organization in the country. Does all this, like, petty bourgeois activist stuff with, like, stuffy accountants in a room discussing budgeting. And... It's just generally like a nine to five person who like lives her sort of middle class life, upper middle class life, and was a professor of like something or other women's studies or something. And that is where she met Sadie while Sadie was like an undergrad. Yeah, she was a guest lecturer. Yes, she was a guest lecturer. And Sadie met her there and they like started this relationship. So Sadie is like 10, 20 years younger. And she's just like, you know, as we've said, this like, catastrophic messy radical teen who i don't know if she's a teenager or early 20s but somewhere there and she's like you know abolish everything and free love and like let's smoke weed in our living room and argue about how best to destroy the patriarchy with my queer buddies with shaved heads and (laughs) sadie though has been in this relationship with courtney for a long time and Courtney, like, puts her up. You know, she, like, pays rent for her or just, like, has her in her home. They live together. And, like, probably pays for Sadie's food. Like, I don't think Sadie works. Sadie is, like... No, I don't think she does. Fully dedicated to, like, activism and living this life. Living this lifestyle. Living off of Courtney's teeth. I say that because there's a very, like, mommy (laughs) dynamic here. Like, they got together, Sadie says, right after Sadie's mom died. Ooh. And they've been together ever since. And, like... Ain't that how it goes? It's pretty fucked. It is. Because it's just, like... Because, I mean, I've heard about this a lot in terms of, like, gay men spaces, where it's the older gay man grooming the younger boy. But Mm -hmm. to see it even on the other end, in just the reverse faction, is just as... Oh, God. Yeah, gays is the same. The reverse faction. Queer factionalism. (laughs) That's the answer to gays. Queer intersectionalism. But, yeah, because, I mean, like, it's... Like, it's a weird situation because it's also bringing up the idea of admiring somebody 
but also, mm-hmm. but like that going to a weird extreme. It's a it's a very cliche, almost like um, uh, the student falls in love with a teacher scenario. But it's yeah. Well, you do that, and then you become president of France. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hiss. cheap cheap shot. <laughs> Continue. Political. Yeah. So I mean, it's like that. I guess. I guess it's. Com- I guess it's becoming less common. I know it was definitely more common. Uh, back in the 70s and 80s. But, God, it's just, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get the idea, like, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong about it, but it's just, like, I guess the setup in this scenario, like, I guess, yeah. it, like, there's no problem with an older person dating a younger person, obviously. It's but, this like, dependency of it. It's the fact that Sadie is materially dependent on Courtney. She talks about why she won't break up with Courtney, and part of it is, like, this, this mommy issues thing, but it's also... She's going to have to move back in with her parents who don't really accept the fact that she's this like anarcho-feminist queer. And that's a problem. And so she's sort of reliant on Courtney. Mm-hmm. And so that creates like a, a predatory sense. Yeah, like a, which, a power dynamic. Yeah. Which, which is not like it doesn't it doesn't seem intentional on Courtney's part. Like it seems yeah. like she's just like it's you know, it seems like it's like Sadie who's the one who's like stringing things yeah. along. No, more than I agree. Courtney. Um, I'm not saying that Sadie's a good person, which is actually a good segue into our Mm -hmm. next sort of relationship dynamic in this movie, which is that Sadie is this, like, serially unavailable flirt who, like, leads women on for a month or two and then stops seeing them when they ask for commitment and she can't leave Courtney. Which my understanding that that does like that does happen in the lesbian community. Oh yeah, that happens a lot. I mean, I've seen that a lot and (laughs) we're dating. Join my band. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Hold on. Uh, We're dating. Let's get a U-Haul. Let's start a, let's start a small business. We're dating. Let's start a podcast. (laughs) There we go. But, and like it is some, yeah, this whole thing is somewhat indicative of like the queer community Mm -hmm. in the sense that it's so incestuous and just exactly how many of these queer spaces. Yeah. Is there, can you think of a better Um, word? No. Insular? No. Sexually insular. No. We'll call it sexual LinkedIn. No, every, it is, it is these communities that are tied together by people like Mm -hmm. dating and fucking. Yeah. yeah. Which gets Uh, into a. Okay. We're going to go sexual, sexual MySpace. Which it gets into like a more complicated thing. Cause there's like, you know, thinking of like the trans community, there's the whole thing about, you know, people being, going through a state of arrested development and their first time feeling like you know, sexually liberated and sexually mm-hmm. available, and then da 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 da. But it just ends up being really toxic, well, like we see so in this film, where like in that space, yeah, exactly. You're actually, like because you're figuring your shit out for the first time, even though you might be older than most people who are doing that, you are just as unsure of yourself and vulnerable and easily manipulated. Yeah. Which is also like, which is very true for like trans, like trans women uh, that I've seen, which is just like, you know, because when you start transition, you basically start back at the beginning of puberty. So you tend to be very vulnerable during those times. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where someone, it doesn't matter the age of the individual, if they've been in it longer than you are and you're exceedingly, you know, insecure, that person or certain people can easily take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that happens more broadly in queer spaces where, like, when you're, like, we, we see it in this movie, um, Sadie meets Anna, and Sadie is, like, the really exciting veteran lesbian who knows her shit and knows the politics and knows what she's doing and knows how to flirt, 
And like that's very exciting for Anna because Anna doesn't know anything. Anna's like had one girlfriend and she's like lived in this very straight world. And to her, Sadie is just mesmerizing. And Sadie can kind of string her along really easily and can like kind of seduce her really easily with that dynamic. Yeah. Well, actually, do we know? Do we know that Anna's Anna's only had? Yeah, she said at one point that this was her first girlfriend. Yeah. Also. Just as a side note quickly before we go on, can we all just take a moment to appreciate that there was basically like no homophobia in this movie? Well, that's something that I wanted to actually talk about is that it did this thing that I absolutely hate is where because Anna has like the most like accepting family, Mm -hmm. like super chill. It was really cool to see like a um, Latino, a family of color there. there, Yeah, they're all Hispanic. Actually, just an interesting part about that. Originally, the uh, character was named Hannah and was Jewish, but they actually completely changed the script around for... Um, uh, Melanie Diaz who played Anna cool love that that's cool but still like just the fact that she had this really really healthy family Mm -hmm. environment and she just was she was shitty to them and like she was like you know creating this toxic space with her supportive family I mean we didn't talk about that it's kind of it reminds me of like girl going back to girl it's the fact that the family is great can we just can we just call it girls like girl symptom from now on or because like I thought that's the new name that's the new name of the podcast everything has to be compared to that god awful movie well yeah because it's like um like her family's so good they like are just like super accepting of her like the only sort of vague issue is that they really want her to like wear makeup at her sister's wedding yeah at least yeah which some is just like, that's even like the, family it's thing just, it's like whatever yeah and pro- if she was like adamant about it they probably wouldn't have made her because they were pretty chill mm-hmm. um because yeah, and, then and, anna like gets involved in the scene and like becomes this fucking prick you know she's like sit like not showing up to her sister's bridal shower because marriage is like violence which like grow up you know this yeah, is sort of what i mean about politics mm-hmm, exactly exactly or even like even like she has a nice house they're being supportive of her and like she fucking like spray paints and trashes her bedroom to look all yeah seen. yeah and like she's yeah. the problem which which yeah re has a point that it's sort of questionable as like a narrative choice to make the queer person like the the lgbt person the the bad person in that dynamic but yeah like like all the lgbt people to like one degree or another were just were with the exception of aggie Aggie. yeah with the exception of aggie like all of them were just a little unhinged yeah well addy and uh calvin calvin being the hitchhiker they picked up along the way yeah calvin was absolutely stan calvin Mm -hmm. absolutely um but yeah like but uh, like it's julie babbitt who directed so i want to believe that she just didn't pull it off correctly but it just yeah it has absolutely none of the heart that cheerleader yeah. had like i don't had know none i think of it has some heart but it positivity. has some heart but again like it was it was like there was a heartfelt nature to this like this felt just mm-hmm. like dyke drama the movie and they just have like it felt like julie babbitt wanted to make a movie about Dyke drama, great, great, great band, band by the way. But it felt like she just wanted to make a movie about dyke drama, and then she found feminism as a means to do that, rather than a movie about feminism that she had lesbian characters in. I mean, you know, there should be some movies about that, though. There is. I think. I, mean, I, I, I don't think it had to be about feminism. I think the the drama and like the interpersonal conflict did actually sort of. It was interesting. I think it could have been portrayed better, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 my my lived experience. It's a bunch of fucking gays being disastrous and sleeping with each other badly and causing shit with their friend group and <laughs> being shitty to everybody around them. 
and like changing their politics to attract a hot girl. You know, this this happens. You know, for any young queer people listening to this, this is just like a haunting revelation of the future. No, you're going. I, oh, I just came out as gay. Let me tell you how it's going to go. Yeah, I recommend it. It's, it's it's an important stage in development. Fuck up your life. It's worth it. By the way, this movie only made $33,723. That makes me feel bad for torrenting it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if we can find if we can find a DVD copy, we'll I get already it. ordered we'll have a one. Collective. It's okay, Julie Babbitt, you oh, got nice. my twelve bucks. Moving on, we one of the last topics before we get into the conclusion here, and I would like to briefly touch on is the fact that Aggie, uh, the trans man character in this show, was part of uh, uh, the CIA simply because apparently the CIA was an all women's group. Um, but as they yeah. said in the movie, that Aggie was allowed to be an honorary member because he was born with a clit. Yeah, so like the the line where Aggie is introduced, um, Anna says because they're like, "Oh, here's Aggie, the man of the house," and Anna's like, "Wait, I thought this was a girls' group," and I think it's Sadie. Someone's like, "Aggie gets a pass for being born with a clit," and then Anna's like confused and makes like a weird comment that I forget, and um, Aggie is like unfazed because Aggie's chill. But it, mm-hmm. the, the movie makes clear that, like, Anna fucked up and that they need to, like, treat Aggie with respect and as a man. And then it's sort of just left, like, Aggie just in the group as a trans guy. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I'm not sure which angle you guys want to approach with this, but the philosophical question for me is just, like, because I, uh, gender segregated groups aren't always the greatest way to go, but this group made it a point of saying that it was all women. And then including the Aggie. So I'm still not sure if I view that as a progressive in the context mm-hmm. of that. Or they were actually holding views that Aggie wasn't really a man and we were just all playing along sort of thing. Yeah. So like I, I if I had to guess the implication was that, you know, the group is for everybody that a, um, you know, a signed female at birth person has a lot of, uh, you know, causes in common with yeah, sort women. of reproductive health so, and rights. Right. Which I get I get I get from that point, and especially because this is from like two thousand seven, which is before like the major like yeah, so trans in We do have to appreciate like, that theory yeah. went off. Yeah. Well yeah, and like I don't think that this group really had a very fully formed take on like trans issues. I think that Aggie wanted to be included. Like wanted to be part of the group. I don't think that they were like somehow like being transphobic by allowing him to be involved mm-hmm. and like they don't misgender him no that's true. there is there are some like bioessentialist sort of undertones to a lot of their rhetoric like at one point the artist girl is like doing some art and someone like who we barely see in the movie but like wanders in and it's like you know i do a real job so that you fuckers can do this politics shit and <laughs> while i pay the rent um and then like looks at the art and it's like Oh, you know, more vaginal imagery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, wanders off. Yeah. Um, and that is sort of a problem with um, the CIA is that they have this very, like, body part-focused activism, which is a, a problem, was a problem with a lot of radical feminism, especially back then. Yeah, because, I mean, that was, that was, that was one, of the, what, one of the main uh, causes of, or one of the main champion causes of Second Wave, which was the idea that women yeah. are just... Uh, boiled down to their physical body parts which is yeah. as a side note really interesting that Turfs have then co-opted that to basically saying that women are boiled down to their body parts but I digress. Yeah. 
Um, and, and so, like, that is, like, a problem. And, like, I honestly think that if there was a trans woman in this movie, they would have been pretty chill about her. Like, I don't think that they were... Like, these are not TERFs. They're just teenagers who are into feminist theory and haven't read anything about trans people, who have a trans yeah. guy friend who wants to be part of the group, and they are doing their best. But, like, I don't know. I feel... And then I think it opens up a broader, interesting discussion in how trans people do interface with these types of activist circles, because in the sense that, like, how... Where do trans people's, you know, take on abortion? Like, where does a trans woman's stance on abo- on abortion lay? Or, like, you know, what uh, types of women's health things do trans women have more have a more valuable or less valuable so, say in? Oh, yeah. so now so you're asking this, our take. Yeah, this is, so this is an interesting conversation mm-hmm. because I, I literally had this conversation about a month and a half ago with uh with someone a cis woman about the idea of a trans woman being allowed in a um was it it's like a um like basically women who can't become pregnant uh there's a support group on facebook and they i think they wanted to kick the trans woman out or they did and so it's the idea of just like they thought it was okay because you know trans women don't have reproductive parts but it's like the same time too we women who can't have kids yeah i mean like that's why i asked and so, like, this is the general kind of idea that I, like, for anybody who's wondering, like, is it, you know, are they being transphobic internally, maybe not intentionally? The question is, is like, would you, are you limiting a trans woman simply based on, is there any reason you would deny a cis woman to participate in a certain woman's space? If that answer is yes, then maybe they don't, then maybe there's a point for them not being there. But if the answer yeah. is no, then by def- if you say that trans women can't do that because they are trans, then you are basically creating a second tier of woman. Well, yeah. Yeah, but it, it creates, um, like, it, I think it'd be interesting depending on the specifics of the situation. Because if you had, like, a woman who was, like, born without a uterus or whatever, and she knew this from early on, versus somebody who is just, you know, for lack of a better term, barren, those two people are going to have different experiences. You know, if it's a specific support group for people who have, like, you know, tried and tried and tried to have kids and should be able to based on their plumbing but haven't, that's going to be a different support structure than, you know, somebody who's knows for a fact that they've never had the option. Yeah, and I mean, that was the thing that was, like, that was my, that was my saying, is, like, is this a support group, is this for, like, people that specifically have uteruses that don't work? Is that what the support group is? The answer is no. It's just the general unable to have children for one reason or another. It's like, well, then a trans woman should be allowed. Uh, I mean, the the person's Mm -hmm. comeback to this was simply just, like, women are born with the expectation that they will have children uh, regardless, which I think is an interesting conversation because, uh, A, I don't think... That's necessarily that may be a lot of women and most women, but I don't think that's necessarily true to all women. And number two, which is just the mm-hmm. idea of just even if someone doesn't have the expectations since birth, maybe they have the the longing for. I mean, myself personally, I knew I wanted to be a mom before I knew I wanted to be trans, and I didn't know what to make of those thoughts. And I wanted to be a mom since I was little. And so, to someone to come up to me and say that my struggles with not being able to have a ch- or carry a child is less than theirs, I kind of view that as a bit of a slap in the face. Yeah. To sort of broaden this, like, I, my take is that when we're talking about, like, biological related or, or like, phys- physiological function related political issues, we can just be specific. We don't need to necessarily limit it to gender. This is why when we talk about when sort of activist circles talk about reproductive health now, we talk about reproductive health, not, like, women's health. 
which because is it's more inclusive. Because even even within cis women, there are going to be yeah. interesting cases that won't be included. Well, in, and it's like totally. you know the broad. It's like including strokes. trans guys. It's including non-binary people, mm-hmm. and it's not yeah. excluding trans women because we don't have the same political needs. And yeah. so in that sense, like you can just sort of reframe the way you're talking about the issues to remove the relationship between gender and physiology. It's interesting and it's easy-ish to do, which is basically just adjust the verbiage. It's like you can just say people who have periods rather than saying women's periods. You can say... Mm-hmm. Like, it's like women have periods, not all women have periods, and not everyone who has a yeah. period is a woman. But if, if you're a woman and you say women who have periods, it's not, like, incorrect. It's just not fully inclusive. Exactly. Yeah, like, you know, like a, um, like, trans women, like, cis women, pre-op trans women and post-op trans women might have, like, they're all, like, it's going to be different if you have a support thing for you know vaginal health like you know pre-op trans women you know might or non-op trans women like it wouldn't make sense to go to that but you know post-op trans women it would make sense to go to that along with cis women that type of thing exactly and i mean i don't think uh i don't think any trans woman is trying to dominate the conversations or trans man or non-binary person trying to dominate the conversation in those circles they simply just want to exist in them because the information is relevant to them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and also this isn't necessarily exclusive to you know these types of cis spaces like what this is kind of reminding me of is i have a friend who's a fairly mask presenting non-binary in a very like you know openly and like yeah very publicly very actively like non-binary but has been explicitly excluded from places like spaces that are labeled for non-binary people for being mask presenting yeah it's just absurd. and again like the yeah yeah, which again, the the issue is like if you specific if you have a bunch of people who are like, oh, like we are, you know, this is for like feminine people mm-hmm. and it's open to non-binaries, but for one way for one feminist reason or another, we're not comfortable at we don't want to have a space where we're around like masculine like or AMAB people, like masculine AMAB people because of this that this that and the other thing. Like you would have to get specific because just to say this is open to women and non-binary people yeah, like, but like that is okay, you have to get specific, but yeah. you also need to have a good goddamn reason yeah. for that mm-hmm. distinction, right? Like you need to be specific exactly. oh, about absolutely. what your group is for and what your space is for, and uh-huh. that's fine. And like you, you need to be specific if you are going to exclude people, and there are valid reasons mm-hmm. to exclude people from a space or from a discussion. Like I think almost everyone agrees with that. Not everyone actually has a space in every space, but. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have a space that excludes people, you need to have like a reason to be excluding those people and it needs to be a justifiable reason. And yeah. I think that often people just like the, the issue here is like, well, we'll just be specific and exclude people. But then you're excluding people that like for actually just like transphobic and shitty reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus no, for, like, justifiable, justifiable political or social ones. Uh, one, oh, also one thing that that uh, sorry. Uh, one, like, thing that it kind of prompted the, uh, thought of is, because, like, looking at it as, like, is it transphobic to, or is it, like, invalidating of somebody's, like, existence as, like, a, um, female or male to, like, exclude trans people from a certain, like, space. Mm -hmm. But then I almost thought, like, what if, and I don't know if there are, because, like, we agree that there are some, like, like, men's specific issues that need to be addressed, like, for, like, like, you know, like, sort of the men's rights, like, the MRA thing, it's, like, 
you guys are right about some things, but you're right about it for the wrong reason. Yeah, yeah well, there's like physiological but, um, issues. Yeah. And there's also like social and, like, issues. And also like, yeah, toxic masculinity, um, yeah. yeah, physiological issues. Like, but also like our trans women, like what of those spaces would trans women be allowed into? And like, is there, are there any good faith ways that like places that would exist that wouldn't like invalidate the trans women's gender well, by like, them participating? around a bunch of cis dudes. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's like, is, yeah, is it true? I don't be around this dude's talking about my job. No, I'm just saying, but it's like, I'm just saying, like, what is it, what would it be like on the flip of it? I mean, it could technically exist, but, like, it's, it's more difficult, I would say, I would say it's more difficult in male-dominated spaces just because of socialization. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and, and mm. like, power, you know, like, if, if there's, like, a, a testicular cancer support group, mm-hmm. I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't want to go to the testicular cancer support group, but yeah. I want to be allowed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You'd sense. want to, you, yeah, exactly. You just want to feel welcome in the space. Like there's some place where you could go. Yeah, the problem um, is I know I wouldn't. Just because yeah, I know. I would love to see you of all people show up and then just be like, "Hi, my name is Amy. I have testicular cancer." <laughs> oh no, I have to get my balls shot. <laughs> oh no. Well, it's it's what like um, I'm like I'm just like Robert Paulson. You know, like I did too many horse steroids and now. Oh my god. Now I can do <laughs> Okay. Well, I think uh, I think we should probably wrap this up about now. Um, so yeah, about yeah, meow. Right meow. Uh, so right meow. We're right going meow. to meow and go over the meow uh, <laughs> by meow. saying, "Is this movie good representation?" And I would say today we're going to frame representation is. I would ask the question to you, both of you: Is this good feminist representation, and is this good queer representation? I'd say that it's accurate. Let me put it this way: How do you feel about this representation? Yeah, that's that's the question. Like it is. It is very accurate. Like, I've definitely met lots of people, like, in this situation. And I think that, you know, if a cis person were watching this, I think it would be, like, you know... Sounds like a straight person watching this. An interest... Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it it might round out their view of... I don't know if it it might either round out or cement their view of, you know, radical feminists Mm -hmm. and, like, radical lesbians. So, like, it's fine. It's fine. I don't know. I don't... It's fine. Yeah, like... My my view on this is, like, I agree with Ree. It's accurate to a certain scene. There is very much a certain scene that is like this. It looks like this. It has the contours of this. It feels like this. I've been in this space. I have inhabited this style, this aesthetic of politics. And I know a lot of people who do or did. And I think that, like, the scene aspects of it are probably the most accurate part of it and the probably the best representation of it of like sort of the social space where a bunch of like gay people are political and radical and sexual with each other is a thing that happens and like i i found it really interesting to see a movie go into that in like a very honest and frank way and i think it was like a fun movie i do like like re you said about people's views on feminism being cemented by this and i do worry about that Mm -hmm. i do worry if some like yeah person who was skeptical of feminism watched this movie they would walk away being like right yeah i was right they're just a bunch of horny angry teenagers who have to get their shit together and they have no good points and like that's not my takeaway here um i think my takeaway is that there's like drama and messiness and critique to be made of that scene but the politics aren't really the focus of that whereas i think it could be easily misconstrued totally I I personally think I, I don't know the movie was pretty fun to me there was some directorial choices in terms of just the narrative that made things kind of confusing and ambiguous with the uh with the messages like you know I wasn't sure if hold on 
We have an automated cat feeder, so it's just going off right now. All right, good. I want an automated refeeder. Yeah, that'd be awesome, right? It's just like every night at like nine o'clock, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, time to eat. That's called like a partner. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what, that's what that's what men are for. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason we keep them around no it's i i i i liked it i like the aesthetic i mean like i'm a huge fan of like of 90s uh grunge feminism and the zine culture that kind of came out of that so uh i'm biased in that regard um like i said i think it's a good movie i think it's a fun movie i think it's mostly harmless i agree with amy that you know if the wrong person sees it and they're gonna be like oh that's what feminists are it's, well they they can and cannot be so but overall, I would say give it a watch. I think it's fun, and I think it's like, um, I don't know, fucking Julie Babbitt. She rules. It's thought-provoking. Yes. T-H-O-T. Provoking. And oh, it sure yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that about The thought this. is provoked. <laughs> <laughs> so that concludes this week's episode of uh, Tranifesto because that's the name of the show. Like I said, um, thank you all again for joining in. Uh, we're on episode 11. By the way, we made it past episode 12 or 10. So we're on... Yeah, we somehow made it past 10 of these goddamn episodes. Which Goodness means gracious. We've been doing this since mid-January and we're still going. I don't think I've committed to a project this long um, since chemotherapy. So it's... <laughs> I haven't it's committed great. to like, anything this long. <laughs> Oh, sweet summer child. Except like university, but was, I never really committed to university. Yeah, you're just you know, we're, we're, yeah, we're, 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 we're sort of like seeing each other, but we haven't like made it official. Yeah, you're friends without benefits. Yeah. They, um, so yeah, no, thank you all again for joining us. Um, we're still working on Patreon stuff and Discord stuff. We're just lazy fuckers in that regard, and I'll get around to doing it. However, we did start getting some of the samples for some of the stuff that we want to give out or sell to people or giveaway in Patreon, or whatever we're gonna do with it. I'll probably just mail you a bunch of them. That reminds me, I need to make, like, a, I need to add uh, the name of our podcast to that Punisher logo trans oh. flag. Oh, and, God, yeah. And because I think that's, that's, that's our yeah, stick. Yeah, that's it's gonna be, uh, yeah, if, if any of you haven't had a chance, please go take a look over at uh, Ree's Twitter profile. I'm going to insist that she pin it. Oh, I have to, f I have to go back and find it, because, and plus that, I'm gonna do one without the fucking thin blue line oh, on no. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you should. It's truly the most cursed image. So if Freebie actually does manage to find it, then hopefully she'll post it again. Um, so to include, I'm Madeline Hops. I'm at rabbit underscore is dead on Twitter. Uh, I'm also at rabbit, score under at rabbit underscore is dead on Twitch. You can come watch me play Rage 2 Destiny, or I draw a bunch of fucked up art with dicks and cunts and fucking weird shit and we talk about the paranormal um till like three or four in the morning we so it's love pretty depth. dicks and cunts and fucking weird shit and the paranormal yeah so. that's pretty much my entire brand Par paranormal dick cunt <laughs> <laughs> and then the aliens abducted my foreskin so oh. if you need to contact madeline yeah. you can email paranormal dick cunts uh. at gmail.com <laughs> <laughs> or use a ouija board i'm amy blair i'm at lavender Astro on twitter i just post I'm just working all summer. Life's okay. What are you working? I have at? no projects. I'm just like doing the thing. Oh, okay. we don't need to talk about we have it. To no, we have to. We have to. We have to start our, our YouTube. Oh channel. yeah, this is the perfect me and, time me to start and me are thinking about doing a YouTube thing, but we should figure out the, de the contours of <gasps> that. So about deeply hurt it before we. What are you guys gonna do? Announce it. Uh, oh yeah, don't say anything now. We're 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 gonna be cam girls, but we're gonna make it like YouTube safe. <laughs> just so porn. Yeah. And just wear pasties. <laughs> yeah, there we go. 
anyways, um, I'm Re Carter at Re Re Carter R H I R H I C A R D E R. Um, I've been making video games, so if you look up my studio, Dead Genre Studios, so at Dead Genre, we have some video games out that are fun, and one of them is free if you play it on your Android phone, and we're going to get it out for iPhone. Um, anyway, go look at that. Yeah, and you better. Give me I've money been wanting so to play that forever. Live. I know, soon. I, I'm not a programmer, so the pro- I, I'll bug them with that. The it. artist. Um, and yeah. All right, perfect. Well, thanks again all for joining us, guys, gals, and NB pals. Oh, yeah. Smooth. <laughs> I love it. It's good, and you all know it. That's good. Fuck off. That's all right, good. I love you all. I'll see you all again in probably about two weeks or whatever when we see you. Okay, bye. 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 bye.